Welcome back to the Dad Ventures Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Seth Bidoff, and this is episode number three. For anyone that is new to our show, the Dad Ventures Podcast is a bi-weekly podcast about our lives as dads and some of the things that we've learned along the way. In case you missed our last episode, our relationships with our wives and what we do to maintain them all while going about a hectic lives was our main topic of discussion. Um, all of our episodes, of course, can be found on podcast services around the world. If your podcast service choice is not among those that we are on, please let us know and we will get that fixed. Um, so before we jump right into our show, I do want a quick apology for my voice. Uh, I am getting over a little bit of a, uh, uh, cold from the weekend, so please just bear with me. Um, and with that said, let me bring in my other host, Jacob Terrell. Jacob, how are you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. It's been a busy couple of weeks, but uh, we're back, and luckily, I know you guys were fighting some sicknesses over there in your house, but we've been sickness-free for the last two weeks at least, and and I thank God for that because I don't know if I can do like if any of us get sick one more time before the warm weather hits, I might I might go crazy. Right, this winter just been absolutely crazy. I mean, it feels like since the first of the year, at least one person in this house has been sick. You know, almost every single week, and. Yeah, it just it's been miserable. Like we thought we were done with it, and then on Friday, well Thursday night, um, our our son was complaining about our youngest son Logan was complaining about his ear hurting. Uh, my wife ended up taking him into the urgent care, and found out he had an ear infection. So that in itself was fun. You know, stuck him on antibiotics. Um, fortunately, he's done pretty good taking those. And I woke up um, first thing Friday morning. About five o'clock, just puking my guts out. Ooh. Yeah, just not fun. I end up working. I normally work from home on those uh, on every other Friday, and uh, my as I said, just woke up. Woke, I worked for about two hours. Finally, just told my boss. I said, "Look, I can't do it." Um, ended up uh, spending pretty much all of Friday in this past Friday in bed. Um, yeah, that was not fun at all. Finally, felt better uh, later that night. At least as far as, you know, the, the stomach issues went. And then, um, yeah, ever since then, like, uh, my wife and I, we've both been dealing with uh, cough and, like, head cold type stuff. We're just we're just done. We're done with it. Like, I just, no more sick. Don't want to deal with this anymore. Like, and it sucks because, like, you and I, we, had, we talked about possibly going to the zoo on Sunday. And, and uh, unfortunately, we didn't get to do that because we really want to get our families together. And, and so while all this is going on, so I, you know, I talked off the air and I said, you know, I mentioned that, um, that my wife's car had died. And so it had actually ended up dying. It died twice last week. Once on Wednesday night, we were able to get it jumped off. Saturday morning, got it, we go take my son to basketball, my older son Alex, to his basketball game, and the car wouldn't start again. Tried to jump it, wouldn't jump. It's like, all right, this is not going well. Uh, ended up taking the battery to uh, Advanced Auto Parts on Sunday, tested it, came back with a bad sell. And needless to say, we are out money that we weren't expecting to be out. Replaced the battery, car works fine. And as a result, we actually ended up going today and going car shopping. Because we're at the end of our leases and our current cars. Well, we're a few months away, but um, one of them were a few thousand miles shy of, the, of our limit. And you know, just we just, we need a bigger car. Number one, you know, to fit our entire family. You know, two car seats and a teenager in the back of a car is not the most comfortable situation. I can't imagine that. 
Yeah, I mean, they make do. It, it works well. It works okay, but you know, you just, everyone needs their own space, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, we Aaron found a car that she's interested in, went to go look at it, and it wasn't at the, at the dealership. Oh, no. Yeah, so they had sent it off for some warranty work at another dealership. Um, so hopefully tomorrow night we'll be able to go check it out, actually drive it, and see if it's worth um, worth the investment. We're able to negotiate them down to the payment that we wanted. Okay. So, yeah, they, they kept trying to push, like, this $2,000, like, security system on us. We're like, no, look, we're, we're good. And so the guy ended up cutting uh, cutting the price of that in half. And then they came, we negotiated them down to the price that we wanted, which is similar to what we're paying now. So, but, yeah, you know, at the end of this, we'll own the car and we won't have to deal with, which is what we're, you know, we're not happy with our current cars, our Subarus. Like, I don't know if you've ever dealt with them or not. Not really, no. No. So one of the big issues that we had is that with the Subarus, so if a tire goes flat, you normally, most cars, you just, if you can't f- fix it, you can't have them patch it, you just go buy one new tire, right? Hmm. Throw it on there, they'll rebalance, you know, line, whatever, you're done. Well, with the Subarus, if a tire goes flat and you cannot fix it, if it needs to be replaced, well, really, if it, if it goes flat, you're supposed to then replace all four tires, on these Subarus. We're like, you know, yeah, when this happened, we're like, you've got to be kidding us. They said, no, no, you, we have to go because of, because of the transmissions on these cars. They recommend, or they, they highly recommend replacing all four tires. So the dealership, of course, is going to try to charge us, you know, $800 for these four okay. tires. Yeah. I said, no, no we're going to go find somewhere else. And, Fortunately, we found um, somewhere else that did it for significantly cheaper and let us, you know, finance it. Oh, cool. So, yeah, uh, shout out to Big O Tires up on Montebo. Thank you, guys. That's, that's really awesome. We really get tires fixed and all that kind of stuff. And for probably for less than a quarter of what we paid, would have paid at the dealership. Yeah. Yeah, really nice uh, as far as that goes. So, or at least. At least this weekend, it was just the battery and not something more, a little more major. Yeah, no, that's definitely a, a positive from that. Uh, you had offered to come over and help, and you know, and this is some, probably something we'll talk about, you know, one of our other episodes. And you know, my dad is not a car guy. Never has been. Never, you know, never once thought to teach me anything about cars. So, you know, my limited knowledge of cars. Basically is okay. I can change a tire. I can change the oil, you know, the uh, the, the the headlights, tail lights, stuff like that, and change the battery. You know, that, that's about the limit of what I can do. I, I can do spark plugs too, but yeah, I, I was proud of myself. I, I, I changed the battery, <laughs> and it's probably it's one of the easiest things that there is to do. But you know, like I said, with my limited knowledge, you know, it was. It, I felt like it was. A, a positive given the situation we had at hand so yeah, um, i'm not i'm not like an expert car guy but uh with what we were talking about it could have been whether it was the starter or the alternator i had to replace both of those on my truck oh in the last three or four years um so it's a little bit different with the subarus i imagine but i could have at least diagnosed it i think pretty easily yeah. as far as replacing it YouTube, man. YouTube is amazing. It teaches yes, it is. <laughs> I'm finding YouTube to be extremely helpful for a lot of things. And um, 
so another thing I was trying to do, I I thought I was, you know, I went and bought, when we thought it was just the battery, I went and bought jumper cables because mine apparently went missing. I just said, oh, I'll, I'll replace the wiper blade too because the wiper blade was tearing apart. Apparently there's a problem with 2017 Subarus to where you have to have a very specific wiper blade and you cannot buy them aftermarket at all anywhere. You have to take it back to the dealer to get it replaced. That's, uh, yeah, get away from Subarus, I think. Yeah, no, never buying another Subaru. Like, I, yeah, like, I told him, I told Aaron, I said, you know what? Of all the, th- of the th- again, my limited knowledge of cars, I can replace a wiper blade. I didn't think there would be an issue going out, buying a wiper blade and snapping it back in. But yeah, this wiper blade I bought came with like four different attachments, and none of them worked. <laughs> and yeah, like I said, research later on. Oh, you cannot buy. There are no aftermarket wiper blades for for this Subaru. I'm like, oh, that's ridiculous. Like, so it's a fifteen dollar fix. Yeah. Cool. So yeah. So how was your week? What did you guys do? I know you guys ended up going to the zoo on Sunday. What else has, so, has been going on for you guys? So we did go to the zoo on Sunday. We went with my parents. Um, had a pretty good time. The weather was a little cooler than I thought it was supposed to be, but it was still nice enough that we enjoyed it. Uh, Zeke hadn't been to the zoo in quite a while, and he loves it. He was telling you, I, he he commandeered my podcast equipment and was talking to you earlier, and he I know I heard him mention that drafts were his favorite animal. Yes, and he did. I also heard him mention that I looked like a monkey. Apparently, um, that's what he said. Because I, I I had joked around with him that you know that Aaron says I look like a monkey. And I made a face, and he said, "He said I didn't look like a monkey, but that you did." Ah, well, uh, thank you, son. I appreciate that. Um, it, it was uh, I was sitting back on the couch watching him, and I was just—it was the most adorable thing I think I've seen in a long time. Because he sat here for probably what five, ten minutes talking yeah. to you. Yeah, it was a good uh, a little bit. Yeah, he's telling me all about you know some different things that he liked and savored animals. So it was—it was cute. Yeah, it was, um, but no, we we have we've had a pretty eventful couple of weeks monday through fridays are fairly boring uh it's just work and that's about it well that and then we're busy like Allie on monday nights every other monday night has a mops group at church so it stands for mothers of preschoolers so it's anybody any mom that has a kid between the age of five and basically still pregnant um they come over or they go over to the church and i go watch all the kids and they eat and talk and have a little lesson. So that's our Mondays. And Wednesdays I have youth because I help with the youth at our church. And then Thursdays Allie has worship practice. So she has to leave around 6 to go do that. And she's usually gone till 8.30 or so. So those three days are pretty busy for us every week. But Tuesdays and Fridays, well, Tuesdays we record. Um, now it's every week because we've got the Suncast that we're recording uh, which if you're into New Mexico United, you should go check that out if you haven't already. Um, and then Fridays are kind of our day to just kick back and relax, except for, so not this weekend, but the weekend before. So what was that, the last weekend of February or the second to last weekend of February, however you want to look at it. Uh, we had our trip to Fort Sumner, where my cousin lives and where we are contemplating moving. And um, had you asked me right before that trip, uh, if we were going to move there, I would have said no now because it, it kind of, we kind of lost interest in it or whatever you want to call it and decided not to do it for the most part, but we still wanted to go on the trip and check out the town. My wife is from Kansas City 
and she lived in Boston for a little while, and then she moved here. So this is the smallest town she's ever lived in, and Fort Sumner is significantly smaller than that. So we weren't sure how she would do. Uh, so last weekend we went out there. We left Friday after work and stayed until Sunday afternoon, and uh, we loved it. Uh, it was it was great. Um, Ezekiel did really well at the church with the little kids and. Um, the church, in case you haven't noticed, is kind of a big deal in our lives, which I'm sure we'll touch on religion in a later episode. But uh, so the church went well. Allie, my wife, is in ministry. Uh, so they talked to the pastor about that and everything. We just had really good vibes. We felt at peace with it. And uh, so June 2nd is my last day at my job, and we will be moving out there on the 3rd. Oh, wow. That's June. incredible. So that is official now. Um, unless something drastic happens between now and then, which granted it is three months away, so anything could happen, but that is what we're looking at right now. And it doesn't change anything for the podcast or for the Somos News news coverage that we're going to have or the Suncast, uh, everything will still operate the same. Um, I might have to actually miss some United games this year, which I only missed two last year. Uh, so I will have to miss some of those, but uh, everything else will basically be according to plan, how we've talked about and planned things out already. So uh, it'll be a big change, but uh, you guys will be along with the ride throughout the whole process, and I'll be able to talk to you about it and have a different perspective on being a dad because the, the one thing that was holding me up more was actually my three-year-old because he's at an age where he still had or where he actually does have some friends and... Uh, he goes and hangs out with them, and he's used to the church, and he's used to the zoo, and he's used to Explora and all this stuff that we go do. And if we move out there, it's going to be drastically different than that for him. So we were a little nervous about that, but part of this trip put that at ease, and that's one of the reasons why we felt comfortable pulling the trigger. So big news, but uh, that's what that was what happened in my last two weeks for the most part. Wow, yeah, that is a huge change. Like, I, I'm happy for you guys. Like, that sounds, that sounds great. Um, you guys already have your eye on a place, or is that something that's gonna happen in the coming weeks? Or, so my cousin is he's got about nine properties there in Fort Sumner that he rents out, and one of them is a single wide trailer that's bigger than the single wide that we're in now. That he's gonna get fixed up completely, or ninety five percent of the way there. Um, before we move in and we're going to move into that for now um, at least that's our plan at the moment we do have a couple houses down there that are for sale that piqued our interest so we're going to look into those in the next few months and see what happens there if we can get the ball rolling on those on one of those uh, we might end up moving into those whenever we move down there if the dominoes fall a little bit faster than I know it usually does from buying a house so we'll see um, we've got some options out there I've got some job options already lined up um, so yeah I think we'll be fine Allie is talking about um, there's not a daycare in Fort Sumner because it's not big enough to mm-hmm. meet all the requirements that the state has for actual daycares so there's a lot there's several uh, in-home babysitters um, daycares, whatever you want to call them. And there's a, one house that we're looking at is like 4,000 square feet. Uh, so it's huge um, and has enough room for us to do that. So that's a possibility for my wife. 
so that she can stay home with our kids while watching a couple other kids and making enough money for us to make ends meet and save up a little bit. So, so those are kind of our thought processes right now. Um, it's still in the fairly early stages. We just decided basically last Thursday or so, uh, that we were officially going to do it. Um, so we still got a lot of research to do and a lot of questions to answer, uh, which is why I say things can change between now and then. It is a long time, but at the moment, that is the plan, and uh, it's a little bit bittersweet. I'm super excited for it, but I am going to miss uh, my my mom's side of the family and my wife's family are here in Las Lunas slash Berlin. Um, my dad's side of the family is the one that's out there in Fort Sumner, um, so... I'll miss them and I'll miss some of the things that are around here like the zoo and whatnot like I mentioned and then of course the United Games that I'm going to miss but uh, I'm still super excited for it and think it's a good move and think it's what uh, we're supposed to be doing right now and so yeah I I know I I had talked to you about it um, talked about the possibility of doing it but I hadn't actually broke to you the news that we were officially going to do it so I figured I'd wait and do that on the podcast yeah no that yeah, no, it's um, I'm happy for you guys. Like, especially you know, if you guys feel like that's the best thing for your family, then absolutely, you know, I mean, I think that's fantastic for you guys. Um, let me ask you this: Has Allie given any thought to, you know, her going back to work and you doing daddy daycare? I, not gonna lie, I did mention to her that she could work full time and that I would work part time <laughs> and stay home with the kids. I did not mention that I would run the daycare in the house. Um, but I did mention that I could find a part-time job while she found a full-time job. And at first she laughed about it, but then like two days after I mentioned it, she came to me and she was like, are you serious? Would you would you work part-time and I work full-time? And I was like, yeah, I don't care. I, I, I also have a photography gig that I do that figured if I worked part-time, even if I had to watch the boys the rest of the time, I could work on that from home Yeah. Um, while she was working full-time. So... I think it could be an option, but at the moment, the job opportunities that are out there are more for me and less for her. So, but you never know, that could change. Yeah, no, I just, uh, I, I don't know if you ever like flip to the TV, um, you know, cause we have a uh, rabbit ears and, uh, I keep seeing daddy daycare on one of the channels. <laughs> so right. it just kind of made me think about that for a second, but, uh, yeah, no, it would, it would definitely be a, an interesting swap, um, if you guys did that, I know I, I thought about it once upon a time, like what would happen if I stayed at home? But, you know, it's, I don't think we'd, we've ever been in a situation where that might even be a, a possibility. Um, besides, I think Aaron would much rather be, um, be happy or happier than, you know, than doing what she is. Not that she didn't love her job, but I think she would be much happier being at home with the kids and, uh, being able to take care of things and and uh, just you know being the one that's uh, you know um, <clears throat> uh, you know the, the one that's uh, there for everything you know so yeah and it's it's an interesting dynamic um, just thinking about staying home it it would like I'm not a super macho dude I'm not like a, a old school type guy. But it would take some getting used to with my ego uh, to to be the one that's not working full-time and not bringing home the bacon, as they say. But I think it, 
I would still be working in my own way. Because as it is now, you know, we, when you work 40, 50 hours a week, um, I just don't have a lot of energy to yeah. do everything that needs to get done. So I think if I was only working like 25, 30 hours a week, uh, I could put in a little more effort around the house, which I know doesn't make me sound great um, as is, but I I really do struggle just with an energy level. Um, I can get myself up to play with the kids and to do stuff like that or stuff that I want to do. But when it comes to trying to make sure that I like trying to help my wife with the dishes, I have like zero energy to do that. And uh, part of that's my self-motivation and part of it's not. So that would be something that I would need to get used to if I was to stay home part time. But I really don't think that's going to be the case, at least not right off the bat. I think that that energy level thing is for all parents. It doesn't matter, you know, um, how old your kid is. You know, when you get done working, you know, like you said, 40, 50 plus hour work weeks, you know, by the time Friday night comes around or even any night during the week, it's kind of like, okay, I'm done. Don't really want to do anything. And I, I think all parents have, you know, one of those like off nights where they just, all right, we're not going to do dishes. We're not going to, you know, do the food. Dishes can wait till tomorrow. We'll just order in for a night. You know, it, it happens. Or, you know, we don't necessarily have the energy to, to want to do something with our kids. But we do, you know, we do the best that we can. And I think that kind of is a nice segue into our first, you know, thing. Like we, we're learning lessons as we go. Like learning how to deal with these, this, uh, th- this lack of energy. Learning how to deal with, uh, you know, our busy schedules and things like that. You know, our our topic this week though is closely tied to that. It's you know, what did we? What are some of the lessons that we learn as a first time father? And I don't know about you, but um, when I first found out that I was going to be a dad. Like I was not at all prepared. Like I knew I wanted kids. I knew that I wanted to settle down and have a family. But in terms of actually being a father, I was not prepared at all. You know, I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know what to expect. How old were you when you had uh, your oldest? Uh, I was 27. When I found out, because let's see, he just, he'll be eight this year. Alex will be eight this year. Yeah. So I was um, 26, 27 when I found out. Okay. Same here. Uh, Zeke is three and I'm 30. So uh, right around that same time. I think I was just about to turn 27, if I'm not mistaken. Um, And yeah, I, I think I, so the, the, we weren't. We were actively trying not to have a kid, even though we were married and uh, knew that we wanted kids. Our plan was, hey, let's wait, you know, three, four years and enjoy each other's company, and then, uh, and then have a kid. Especially since we got married really quickly. Like we worked together, and then I might have shared this on the podcast. I don't remember. We worked together, and then yeah, we talked about it last week. How fast we got married. Because uh, you said you guys were in the close to the same boat, so we really wanted to have that extra time to, you know, just just spend with each other. And uh, one day, Allie was kept complaining about some pains in her side, and we uh, went to the doctor to see what was going on. Not in not thinking pregnancy was even on the option or on the table as an option. And uh, the doctor came in and. She said, Allie said, I think I might be dehydrated. And the doctor said, no, you're not dehydrated. You're pregnant. And we were like, oh, okay. 
Um, so that was the biggest surprise to us. That and then shortly after that, in fact, the next the next day, because they sent us that day to get a an ultrasound because of the pain that was going on on my wife's side, uh, just to make sure everything was okay. We went took the ultrasound. The ultrasound tech said everything looked good. She saw what she was supposed to see. Everything was fine. Uh, we go to work the next day and we get a phone call saying we actually think that the pregnancy is ectopic and that's why you're having the pain in your side because the baby isn't down where it's supposed to be. It's still up in the tube. Um, so you need to come in right away and go to the emergency room because if that is the case, it can be very harmful. So we freaked out. We both were at work. We both left early. We both took off to the em- women's emergency room there on Montgomery and proceeded to wait there forever and then got an ultrasound and the ultrasound doctor there was like no everything's fine like I don't know so that was a surprise in a bad way that we had but looking back it I was always told that I was going to be a good dad whenever I decided to be a dad Um, but when it actually hits you and it's like okay now is actually when I know that I'm going to be a dad it's I, I don't think anybody's ever ready uh, at least not the first time. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. Like it's, you know, I you know I'd I'd heard the same thing, you know, but just because I was always around, you know, uh, cousins and things that had you know uh, younger kids or like all all my cousins were younger than me. Um, even with friends of mine who had that had kids you know they were they would always say you know how good i was with them and they, they thought i was going to be a good dad and things like that and, and um you know someone that my mom once dated um she ended up adopting uh, a boy and she at one point in my life asked me to uh be a role model for him you know he wanted me to be someone that he could come to and talk to and things like that and so it was things like that that made me think more about being a dad. You know, what would I do? How would I, you know, how would I go about, you know, making sure that I'm saying and doing the right things? And, you know, it just, I don't know. It, I think there's been at least some sort of surprise through the different phases uh, of of the whole process. Um like for me, it was um, not necessarily related to to my son, you know, to Alex. Finding out about him, it was more so how the biggest surprise for me was, you know, how everyone around me reacted to it. And I would say that ninety eight percent of the people in my life were extremely positive about the fact that I was going to become a dad. They were, you know, excited to have a grandkid or a, or a nephew or a, you know, um, or a, a quote unquote nephew, you know, um, and everyone was just extremely supportive. I I can't think of um, one person like, at least not from not from my side of the family, um, you know, that was that wasn't supportive of it. Um, it was only a select uh, set of folks, you know, from from Alex's mother's side of the family that weren't um, weren't okay with it, that that weren't happy. So I think it was just the the overwhelming positivity that was surrounding it. That's what really surprised me the most. Yeah, we kind of had the same thing. We um, 
you know, we got pregnant fairly shortly after we got married, so everything was kind of brand new for everybody that was involved, but um, both of our families were really happy for us when we got married and when we announced that we were pregnant with Ezekiel, and um, I think for the most part, there was no negativity, at least to our face, uh, about about getting pregnant for that first time, and um, you know, I like I kind of touched on that. I don't think you're ever fully prepared, even even in the nine months during the pregnancy leading up to when the baby's actually born. Um, we weren't ready. There's no way we were ready, even after having that nine months. Um, we I thought I'm a fairly laid back and I don't worry about a lot, so I wasn't worried, but I knew we weren't ready. Allie, of course, was freaking out because she's not as laid back. And she was like, we don't have this, we don't have this, we don't have this. And I'm like, it'll be fine, don't worry. And uh, I think the overall message from all of that that I can give to first-time fathers is it's going to be, you're going to be fine. If if the nursery's not painted, if you don't have the crib set up, if you only have one package of diapers, you're going to be fine. Um, it's super stressful, uh, especially when they're a baby. Tell me, did you... So, like, I didn't realize this when I became a kid, but for the first, like, three months of Ezekiel's life, I felt useless because we breastfed. And Absolutely. Basically strictly breastfed. And I don't think Ezekiel ever really even took a bottle. He did as he got older. But for those first three months, it's it was strictly mama. That was it. So if he cried, I would pick him up, and I would try to get him to stop crying, and it worked maybe 2% of the time. And then the rest of the time, I'd be like, okay, here you go, babe. And that was it. And it was actually really hard for me those first three weeks or three months or so before they can, like, start lifting their head and start looking around and kind of develop a personality. Um, It really was hard and made me feel super helpless. Uh, And not to mention the fact that you have this thing that can't survive on its own that you are responsible for and I could not necessarily, I could keep it alive in the sense of not letting bad things happen to it, but I couldn't feed it and give it what it needed to stay alive by myself. And and that as a man, I think with any kind of ego, uh, was hard. It was, it was definitely hard for me. Uh, it was a little bit easier with the second kid, but, um, still, because at least with the second kid, I could, you know, if Allie was dealing with the baby, I can, handle Zeke um, but it was definitely hard the first time did you kind of feel the same way or well I know with your first kid it was a little bit different circumstances but yeah and so you know Alex's mom and I we weren't together um, after he was born so we we, we were basically uh, we, we had well, we split custody and I only saw Alex uh, one day a week and so um, in the time that I had him I, I I didn't necessarily have to deal with, I didn't necessarily experience that. No, I definitely did with Logan. It's like, okay, what can I do to help? It's like, no, he just wants mom, you know? But with Alex, it was, um, when I, when I had him, it was all on me. So, you know, it was learning how to, uh, do, uh, warm up, warm up the, warm up the milk, you know, make sure, you know, it is not too hot, not too cold. Make sure that, you know, we have enough, make sure, you know, um, handling all of that all on my own, you know, cause it, it almost felt like, 
um, like I was just a single dad because it was, you know, when he was with me, it was just me and him. Like there was no one else around. You know, I'm at, at the time I was, you know, 1500 miles, 1800 miles, you know, from my family. And so, you know, and I didn't want anyone to think that I couldn't do it, especially not his mom or his mom's family, because I worried that if they ever thought that I couldn't do it, that I wouldn't be able to see him. Yeah. So, yeah, no, well, I can understand where you're, certainly where you're coming from. You know, that whole, you know, okay, there's not really anything I can do, but that's just because, you know, they need mom at that point. Um, like I said, it was just learning how to feed, I had to figure everything out all on my own, you know. You know, I was able to put together the crib, like when Alex was born, like, like the day that he was born, um, like I moved from Los Lunas, uh, or really Bosque Farms, up to Albuquerque. Um, in order to be closer to where his mom lived at the time. And, you know, it, even with that, like, it, the distance made it, again, made me feel, <clears throat> that distance made me feel useless. Like, if when he was with her, like, if something happened, like, if he got sick, like, there's nothing I could do. Right. And so th- that in itself made it hard. You know, again, just like you said, feeling useless, like there's nothing that you can do. But yeah, it's definitely it was definitely hard, um, and I think one of the best pieces of advice that I ever got was that you know at the time you know someone I think it was my mom told me you know that when I do have them to make sure that I do all of those things um, and get used to it you know find a routine that works for me and him and you know go from there and I kind of carried that over. Uh, to to Logan and I mean I guess technically Molly is kid number two, and so prepare going from uh you know a, a three year old to a, a, a at the time and a, an eleven year old not a whole lot you can do to prepare for that right. you know but um that was uh but no in terms of of the boys being born it, you know there's a lot that I learned with Alex that I carried over uh, to Logan so. Um, what about you? Was there any piece of advice that you were given when it came to, you know, handling situations like uh, one that I really struggled with was with, was bath time. There, you know, with with the newborn, you know, with with the with the first small child, like how do you how do you do bath? How do you how do you soothe them when they're when they're crying and upset and just nothing seems to work? Like, was there ever a piece of advice that someone gave you that really seemed to help? See, I think I don't. I was talking to my wife about it in preparation for the podcast, and uh, we didn't really ask for any advice. We we didn't ask for it. We didn't really receive any. Um, we just kind of wanted to learn as we go and to figure it out on our own, um, not because we don't have people in our lives that aren't capable of giving good advice because uh, we've got both of our moms are very involved and our grandparents are really involved and we have some friends that have kids. Um, we've got a couple people at the church that their daughters are about a year older than my oldest. So, uh, we had people that we could go to and I guess, I guess we asked questions here and there, but nothing that really stuck out. Um, basically I've always just kind of lived by the motto of love them and give them their essentials and, each kid is kind of going to be different from each other as far as uh, how you need to discipline them, how you need to soothe them. Like for Ezekiel, 
Um, I could actually pick him up when he was between a newborn and a year and just kind of rock him in my arms. And for the most part, that worked. And with Xander, that doesn't really work. Um, I have to hold him a different way. Uh, I have to sway a different way. It's, it's just these weird little tiny things. And um, for the most part, we just learned as we went. Like bath times, for instance, um, I didn't really cover that department for the most part because I, I, we have been lucky enough that my wife has been able to stay home the majority of the time for both of our boys. Uh, she just started working part-time just recently, so for the first six months of Xander's life and for the first two and a half years of Ezekiel's life, she didn't have to work, so she was able to take care of that stuff. But I remember when Zeke was, it was in October, he was born in January, so he's right around 10 months, which is what Xander is now. Uh, we were in California for a vacation, and we had been doing the whole bathtub, uh, letting him soak in it, cleaning him up that way. And we were in the pool, and we got out of the pool and went upstairs. And Allie was just like, just hand Zeke to me in the shower, um, and I'll wash him that way. And they get a little slippery, so it's a little, you kind of got to get a little used to it. But she was like, that was just so much easier and faster than drawing a bath for them and putting them in there. And honestly, I think even though the slipping out of your hands part is a little nerve-wracking, I think it was... a little more at ease with that than, you know, putting them in a bathtub full of water that they could slip and fall and drown in rather easily as well. So uh, we just kind of learned as we went. Uh, I'm sure I'm forgetting of questions that I asked people specifically, but um, nothing just really stands out other than you just got to love them. And if your heart is in the right place and you're wanting to do the best by them, then uh, natural instinct is basically going to kick in and you're going to do whatever needs to be done to for them to survive and to live happily. Uh, I, I kind of laugh at all the things that we have access to now, uh, whether it's drugs for during birth or all the books and stuff for uh, um, how to prepare and stuff when, you know, there were people a thousand years ago that, had none of that and we we survived as a human race obviously because me and you are sitting here talking on this podcast so uh it's i think people kind of make it out to be a little more complicated than it necessarily has to be and that's not to say that it's easy by any means because it's not but it's not complicated i don't think no i I can certainly uh, you know understand and appreciate that that viewpoint there i mean and I think a lot of it depends on your situation as well. Like, you know, as a, if as a single parent, I definitely think it is a little trickier to navigate and, oh, and sure. manage that than it is when, like, when you're in a, in a, you know, when you're married with someone or, you know, at least, you know, living together with a person that you're having a kid with. Um, because in that case, you can at least, you know, share the responsibilities and split, right. the, you know, split what needs to be done. Um, you know, basically, you know, in the, having you know raising alex and when he was with me you know as basically as a single parent um like it was like there were times where i just again like i i did not know at all what i was doing at times yeah mm-hmm. and I, like i said I, I learned i had to learn real quick like okay um how to like how i had to learn a specific way to put him to bed like he did not want to um go down by himself 
Mm-hmm. So I would have to either lay him down in my bed and then once he fell asleep, you know, wriggle out from under him. Right. Or, you know, I would go and I would put him in his crib, but my arm would still be, you know, like through the crib railing, you know, under him until he fell asleep and just figure out, you know, some way to, to snake it out. And, but, you know, even with that, you know, what, once I got him to sleep, you know, 99% of the time, we ended up just laying on the sofa with him on my chest and, you know, him sleeping like that. Um right. Like there, I just I remember there was one time where I just could not get him to to calm down, no matter what I tried. I tried feeding him, changing him, burping him. Uh, tried giving him a bath, and I and I just I was. I mean, he probably cried for a good, I don't know, two or three hours. Mm-hmm. Could not, just could not get him to to soothe. And I called my mom. I said, "Mom, I have no idea what I'm doing." Like. I just, I need help. Like, I, I don't know what I'm doing with this. And so she just, she tried to calm me down instead of um, giving me advice or telling me what to do. She instead turned, you know, turned it and, you know, tried to calm me down and ended up telling me, you know, if I'm calm, yeah. he's going to be calm. So my reacting the way I was was not helping the situation. And so I just kind of stayed on the phone with her for a while. And, you know, I calmed down. And then I realized, you know, as I was calming down, like, so was he. And to the point where he finally just, like, soothed himself and went to sleep or, you know, just stopped crying. And I just, I was so thankful, uh, you know, to be able to get, number one, get a hold of my mom, you know, and then for her not even really, you know, telling me what to do, but helping me, you know, to calm down and, you know, try to make the situation better that way. Because I never would have thought that my getting upset, you know, my becoming more and more frustrated by the, by him crying would just make the situation even worse. Yeah, and I, I had heard... They're somewhere in the process of having one of the boys um, from somebody, whether it was a video or from one of our parents or something, um, that the best thing to do is, if you're both super frustrated, is to, you know, like for us, we lay Xander down in the crib um, because he can't get out of there. He's safe in there. Uh, it's a safe spot for him, even if he's awake and moving around. And then for us to just walk away and calm ourselves down. And that's something that, you know, I, I have to do a lot because especially um, with how dependent they can be on mama sometimes, uh, you know, there's like, in fact, today is a good example. So we got, I got off work and I came home um, and Allie was going from her mom's house to the store. And I said, well, I'll just meet you there. We'll go to the store together. Well, we got to the store and the boys were asleep in the truck. So I said, well, here, you take the car. You go to the store. I'll just take the truck home with the boys and go to the house. Um, so I got here. I got the boys out. Well, I got the youngest out, and I went to go get the oldest out, and he just lost his mind, like just started screaming bloody murder when I unbuckled him. And I was like, well, what do you want? Like, do you want to go inside? And he was saying no. So I was like, do you want to stay in here? And he was saying yeah. So I was like, well, what am I supposed to do here? because I don't just want to leave my son out in the truck while I go inside, especially because I have no eyes or ears on him. 
and he'll be stuck in the truck like he can't get out by himself because he's only three um so i was like okay so i left him out there and went back and checked on him like every 30 seconds and every time i went and checked on him he freaked out so i finally was like i can't leave you out here so i just picked him up and he screamed in my ear and i brought him inside still screaming his head off and i was just like you know what i'm gonna go lay you down and let you scream it out because i was already frustrated because one of the things with the three-year-old is he'll start freaking out for seemingly no reason to me but he won't tell me what the reason is and you're like i can't help you if you don't talk to me so when that happens i definitely just have to put him down in his room or put him down in the living room and walk to my room and take a couple of deep breaths and relax and calm down and in fact uh, earlier today or that same time you know I put him in his room and I calmed down out here I started working on my mic and stuff and setting it up for tonight and he came out and was a little fussy and less fussy and then less fussy and then I just didn't address him until I was ready to talk to him and I felt like he was calmed down because I knew most of the time if I address him and he's not ready that's when he loses it again so I just waited and then he came around the corner because I have this little blanket up for sound purposes hopefully and uh, he saw me talking in the microphone and he was like what are you doing and he was fine after that but it's just uh, definitely taking those little timeouts as an adult and gathering yourself and that helping your kids relax for sure whether they're three or even with the little one uh it's definitely something so that i guess that is a piece of advice that i got that i do use quite a bit but i cannot tell you where i got it from (laughs) (laughs) yeah we definitely have those moments as well with logan um where it definitely seems like he's just upset for no reason at all and nine times out of ten it's either he's hungry or he's just really tired and so we have to remind ourselves constantly, you know, don't react, you know, don't give into it. Just, you know, continue trying to be calm. And even with, and really with all three of them, we have to do the same thing. You know, don't react um, because you don't want to give it negative attention, negative energy. You know, you want to try to be positive as, at least as much as you possibly can. I mean, we're all going to have our, our moments where, which is like, okay, bad day at work, can't handle it, you know, or the kids are fighting or, or whatever the case is, and we don't handle something well. But, yeah, it's, yeah, you got to take that, like you said, got to take that time, got to, you know, make sure everyone stays calm, and, you know, you just got to just do, like I said, we keep saying, you know, do the best that we can to try to, um, you know, give everyone their space to, you know, calm down or figure out, you know, what the issue is and then, you know, confront it calmly instead of letting it affect everything else. That's something I'm terrible at because the, probably the most pointless thing on earth is getting in a screaming match with a three-year-old. Yes. Nobody wins. (laughs) Um, And I find myself doing it constantly, uh, even in the situation that we had today. Like one of the times that I went out to the truck, before I even got to the truck, I could hear him screaming. And I opened the door, and I was like, what's going on, buddy? And he just kept screaming, and then I finally was just like, why are you yelling at me? Yeah. And uh, (laughs) so I'm sitting in my driveway with my door open to the truck with a kid just screaming bloody murder as I'm yelling at him, trying to get him to tell me what's wrong. And uh, he never told me what's wrong. 
he even now like i have no idea what was going on he finally just got over whatever it was and uh, my yelling just escalated that and didn't help so yeah that is definitely something that i need to work on and with him especially because i will sit there and just go what do you want child like i don't know what you want you need to use your words and then he just screams and cries some more and i definitely need to take some time to calm down and deal with it a little bit better as as a and like i said we're just learning as we go so i can recognize that and uh know that i need to do it and i just have to continually practice and practice and try to get better at actually doing it so we're we're both dads to to multiple kids now um what's something that you took from ezekiel that um that you you feel like you might have done wrong or not necessarily you know in the right way that you do differently now with xander like what what do you do or like what's something that you've learned how to do you know better i'm not quite sure that there's anything that we really really drastically changed or or felt um we didn't do very well with zeke um i think so Zeke was kind of a special case. I don't know if I've shared it on here before or not, but he's actually missing part of his brain. Um, he, the part that connects the two hemispheres, it's called the corpus callosum. He has partial agenesis of the corpus callosum, so part of all those nerve endings that help the two sides communicate are missing. Um, and as we were, as he was in the womb when they first noticed that. They were like, uh, so it could be a sign of something bigger, like um, Down syndrome or another chromosome deficiency thing that was going on. So we did the test for that, and they all came back good. Uh, so when those came back, they were like, okay, well, um, basically now we don't know. Uh, it He could end up developing into a perfectly functioning adult. Uh, like um, I, could, I, Jacob, could have... Uh, partial agenesis of the corpus callosum and we, they would never know um, or he could never fully run or never fully speak or this or that or the other so when he was going through those early stages of development before we had Xander one thing that I did not necessarily in raising him but in just being a dad was I was watching people that had kids right around the same time and seeing their kids do things that my son wasn't doing yet and I would get worried I'd freak out and be like okay is he just not developing because he's not ready to develop and it'll come eventually or is he not developing because of the fact that he's missing part of his brain Um, because the doctors really couldn't tell us what the outcome of that was going to be and so far knock on wood uh, he has he's three years old now he I mean, he had a pretty good conversation with you earlier um, that was pretty coherent and was back and forth. He runs and plays just like any other kid for the most part. Um, So we haven't seen any ill effects of that partial agenesis of the corpus callosum yet. Um, So one thing that I'm doing with Xander that I didn't necessarily do with Zeke is just not comparing him to other kids his age. Uh, except for in one case, I have a friend that had a baby, had a little girl the day after Ezekiel was born or Xander was born. So she's just a little over 10 months as well. And she was walking about a month ago. And 
luckily I'm like, okay, walking at nine months. Yes, I know it happens, but it's like, just because my son's not doing it, it's not that big of a deal. Like Zeke didn't start walking until he was over a year. Um, so I'm not like freaking out like I did with Zeke, but, um, that's the one thing that I've had to really watch was com- comparisons, uh, to other kids, to other families, um, stuff like that, that really got to me the fir- with Ezekiel and the first baby that we had. It was, uh, it was just difficult to see kids his age doing stuff that he wasn't doing yet, even though the doctors were all saying he was developing just fine, um, and that everything looked good. I was still in my head because, um, of what we had found out before and, excuse me, part of me, um, wouldn't change that. Uh, and part of me definitely would, but because Xander is happy and healthy and developing just fine, there just really hasn't been a reason for me to compare, but it's still not the easiest thing, um, to do not to compare to other kids. And at this point, I think I'm just rambling. So, uh, when I start to talk about Ezekiel and his brain, um, development thing, uh, it, I typically don't talk about it. Uh, so when I do, it kind of makes me have to face those feelings again and have to, uh, question. And like, I just found myself just now, literally, uh, going through my head at all the stuff that he does and seeing if he really is on par with other kids and if there actually is a problem. And, uh, I really don't think there is still, but, um, it is something that I, struggle with occasionally especially when i do talk about it well i think that's something that all parents deal with especially those that are um you know i think it's more prevalent in in parents that are a part of the medical community you know looking at because like aaron knows based off of like studies and things being working in the pediatrician's office of what typical markers are for kids or milestones are for kids that when they reach certain age points. And so I think it's harder to, to look at things um, as, as, from the medical side of things and say, okay, well, my kid's not here and my kid's not there. And, you know, okay, well, that kid's there and they're younger and I think it's really hard, you know, just for parents in general to, to not do that when really like, and something I've stressed and I've tried to stress is that every kid develops differently, you know, like there are definite differences between Alex and Logan. And so like, I, I completely understand where you're coming from, but it's something that, you know, like you said, you just, you have to get yourself into a mindset that, um, they're, they're, they're going to develop however they're going to develop and no matter, and, and no amount of worrying or, th- or thinking about it is going to change what happens. Yeah, exactly. It, uh, it, it doesn't change anything. And it was, that was one of the things that finally was what got through to me that, uh, you know, no matter how much I sit here and worry about how he's developing and, and what milestone he's hitting and stuff, it, it's not going to make him reach these milestones any sooner or actually make him reach these milestones at all if it was to be the case that he wasn't ever going to do this or that or the other. So it it did take some time, but I did finally get to a point where it was, uh, you know, whatever whatever happens, happens. Like I can't, I can't change it at the moment. I can't change anything. I can't teach him anything any faster. And it took a while to get there, but we did finally reach that um point where it was just like okay whatever um he's 
going to be happy and healthy or and we're going to love him no matter what even if something bad happened and thank god so far nothing has come about of it but um <clears throat> with Xander um I didn't I haven't really done anything differently but he himself is a little bit different um so that I've had to adjust um my process is there. He's only 10 months, so he's not got a whole lot going on yet, but, um, <clears throat> he, he's a little bit more temperamental, temperamental. He's definitely more aggressive. Mm-hmm. Um, Zeke's a very timid kid and always kind of has been. And Xander will just like crawl over to his brother and just be like, no, I'm going to play with this toy now. Um, and it's funny to watch a 10 year old or 10 month old kind of bully a three year old, <laughs> but that's what happens there. Um, for you, I mean, you got such a, a unique situation over there with, um, with your situation with your firstborn Alex and then, and then having a stepdaughter come into the picture and then having Logan come into the picture, you know, what changed from kid to kid for you? Uh, what did you, I'm sure you had to change and do things differently with all of your kids because of the different situations that they were in. Yeah, no, it's definitely different. Um, so when Aaron and I first met, um, Alex was uh, two, two. Yeah, so Molly would have been uh, nine, I think, not nine, right around in that area. And so um, there's a yeah, there's a huge difference between you know two and nine, and even now that they're older, um, you know, seeing. Alex and Molly both develop and and become like these these bigger people, um, mm-hmm. like Molly is, and even with Logan, they, they all have such vast, vastly different uh, interests and personalities. Um, the boys are definitely uh, closer aligned in the things that they like to do, but even then, like there's such there are some very distinct differences um like molly is very uh artistic um she likes to draw and do uh and do and model with clay and lately um over the past couple years she's really gotten into uh into doing makeup design and so you know it's trying to find for me it's harder to connect with her than it is the boys obviously you know i'm not a girl uh, I'm not into makeup. I don't know anything about any of these makeup lines or anything like that that she's into. And so I definitely have to uh, work with you know work with um, my perceptions and my and my knowledge to try to find ways to 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 connect with her on a different level than I do the boys. Um, so it may be, um, you know, taking her to go to uh, boba tea or something, which is something she likes to do. You know, it's not just, you know, I'm not a fan of boba tea. I I can't, I can't stand the taste of it. I think the little boba things are like really weird and make me want to gag, but uh, that's something that she likes. So I'll, you know, I'll take her to do that every now and then. Um, I've tried to uh, do things like where she and I can just spend time together. We used to go to the comic shop every weekend um, but you know, with our change in situations, like we just, we didn't, cause I would go, I would spend, I would probably spend 40, 50, $60 a weekend in a comic yeah. shop, if not more, if we, if we had the money and went and I would take her with me. And so she enjoyed that. And so every now and then she'll ask to go to the comic shop. And so it's not that I don't want to go, 
because I want to spend time with her. I want to do things with her. But it, you know, it, it's a for me removing that part of my life, not being able to go and spend the money on something that I enjoy, while I know it benefits the family, which is great, and I have no problem with that. But it's a reminder of, hey, this is something that I used to be able to do, but I can't now. So not being able to, um, so I kind of feel like, you know, I, I'm taking something away from my, my relationship with her by not going. But at the same time, it's something it's really hard for me to do. So I try to find other things for us to do. Uh, with the boys, like Alex is super into sports. And so based, pretty much every season, he's in something. Um, or at least twice a year he's in something. And so that's something I connect with really easily because uh, I played sports growing up. Um, and then the boys are both into video games. And so they'll sit down and they'll do that. But yeah, they're just... Logan, I've noticed, like, he he gets shy in situations. Alex is just a very quiet kid in general, but Logan is not. Logan is a very... Uh, loud, fun kid. And he'll get down. He's much more rough and tumble than Alex is, just like you said. You really? know, that, oh, yeah. Um, he'll get in. He'll roll around and mess around and stuff. And Oftentimes, he comes out the better of Alex whenever they get mm-hmm. into it. Um, but, like, he's... I've, and one of the things I've noticed with Logan is that... Uh, and then they've all grasped different concepts at, in different ways and at different times. So, like... Something that Molly knows, Alex is still trying to grasp that. And then there are things that you know that Alex hasn't grasped yet, but Logan is. So like right now with like with Logan, he's learning Spanish. Really? Yeah. He he's picking up different phrases and words in Spanish. And he's also learning uh German from his grandmother. And these are things that, you know, Molly kind of understands a little bit of German. Because Aaron, Aaron was born in Germany, um, and so yeah, she knows Aaron. Aaron speaks some German, um, but yeah, Logan's actively learning German and Spanish, and neither of the other kids are learning a language at all. And so, Logan learns completely different differently from the other two. Like, Logan will spout things off that he's seen on like Wildcrats or something. Yeah, just completely blows our minds. Like, where did you learn? Oh, Wildcrats. Mm-hmm. or Sesame Street or whatever, yeah. you know. And so it, it's learning how to cultivate the different personalities, the different um, things that each of them do. And so, it, like I said, it's, a, it's a unique trying to help, trying to figure out what each of them needs. And I think that's this, I think it's always going to be that way no matter how many kids you have, whether it's one, two, three, or you know, seven kids, uh, it's not always going to be the same. Like the same basic concepts apply. Give them love, give them food, give them shelter, you know, encouragement. That's one of the biggest things that I've seen that's made a difference in all three is encouraging them to do the things that they enjoy and th- and, and when they do something positive, give them that encouragement. But yeah, you've got, you've got to figure out how to cultivate the different needs of and, and, and qualities of each of them. How about discipline? Do you have to discipline all three of them differently, or do you guys have the same uh, basic rules for that? It's definitely different. Um, so, again, the age difference plays a huge factor in this. Yeah. So, like, Molly has you know her cell phone. Molly has 
um, an Echo Dot. Molly, you know, she's got all her makeup, things like that. Um, so for her, it's okay. We we try other things first, and then when it finally gets bad enough, we say, okay, we're gonna take away your phone. Uh, one thing in particular that's worked that that we've done is, okay, you can have Snapchat, but if you mess up, Snapchat goes away, and so like, um, she doesn't have the login to it. And so, like, Aaron will make her delete it off her phone. Mm-hmm. So even if she downloads it again, she can't get back into it. Gotcha. Um, so, yeah, from her, for, for Molly, it's definitely a, okay, you know, here's a, a technology, a piece of technology or something that she's really enjoying. If she's not going to listen, then we're going to take that away from her. Um, the boys, so I was raised in a house of, of spanking. Um, once we got old enough, we got grounded, things like that. My grandparents used switches on us. Um, yeah, or a paddle. And so like, I can think, uh, I can think of the number of times I've spanked the boys on both hands. Like I don't like to, but I remember one time distinctly, like Alex like spit on the floor. And so I just, yeah, like he didn't like whatever he was eating or something. Alex used to be really picky. Like if there was pepper in his food. He would like hold it in his mouth until he gagged. At one point, he's at one point he he did something along those lines and spit on the floor. Like he didn't spit. So strange. Yeah, he like he didn't spit the food out. He just ended up spitting on the floor. And so I I you know pulled him up and I spanked him. I said you don't ever do something like that again. And so or like like if he if he hit his brother, you know, mm-hmm. like he gets spanked for something like that. But um, for the most part, with the boys, it's um, timeout. You know, send them a timeout. They have to wait one minute for every year. So Logan obviously will set a four-minute timer. Alex uh, will set a seven-minute timer. Um, and generally that works for the boys. Um, like I said, it's very rare that, you know, we actually get to the point of, of spanking them. Um, but it's definitely more so that than anything else. Um, with Logan, there, there have been some behaviors like he, he would act out in the morning at school and drop him off. And so we started a behavior chart and if he gets, you know, his days X'd off, then he can play video games or on his tablet on the weekends. So, you know, not earning that is almost like a punishment for him, you know, but no, it's, it's definitely different between them. Um, and even, uh, with the boys, it's. Uh, we're definitely giving them a little bit more leeway because they're learning. Like if Molly does something like, and she gets in trouble, like she knows that she's not supposed to do it. Exactly. Yeah. Like she's going to get in trouble for it. And, a, and on, on a different scale than the boys are because the boys are, are learning how to, how to be and how to, you know, what is and is not, you know, right for them to do. Right. So yeah, it is definitely a, a big difference. Yeah, I think that, uh, um, well, we don't discipline the 10-month-old, obviously, because he doesn't know what's going on. Um, but with Ezekiel, uh, spanking just hasn't, like, I don't I don't think I've actually ever, like, bent him over my knee and done the traditional old-school-style spanking. Yeah. Um, I'll definitely, you know, like earlier he was laying on his brother, and I reached over and just kind of popped him on the butt, gave him a little love tap, and said to get off, and... And that works for th- situations like that. But if he's ever, like, definitely in trouble, like, seriously in trouble, 
timeout uh, has been the only thing that I've both times that I've tried to like legit spank him it doesn't seem to do any good he just goes right back to doing whatever he's doing so um definitely the timeout is is a little more uh effective that or taking away he has one tablet that he's got some games on so taking that away always helps um and then uh yeah so that's about it uh he i'll be curious to see since xander is a little more rough and tumble and a little more gung-ho uh seeing if timeout really affects him or or how he reacts to certain punishments and disciplines them i'm curious to see what happens there but at the moment with him being so young uh, i'll have to wait a little while to see that but i think uh every kid is going to be a little bit different in every single way um and uh yeah that's i think that's all i got for tonight man what do you you got anything you want to add to that or uh no i think i think we pretty much touched on all the things that we had uh set up to to talk about tonight but uh yeah i it's just yeah every kid's different i think that's our big takeaway you know we and we've learned lessons from each of them you know things that we that we we could do things that we could do better um and i think you know going forward like as our kids continue to grow we're gonna learn more lessons as dads Mm -hmm. that is for sure and if uh do you guys have i don't think we've actually ever talked about this do you guys have plans for any more kids or are you guys done no we are done 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 yeah no we are done um aaron had had talked about one for a while but uh, i had a vasectomy after logan was born Mm. and so yeah the odds of that um well, really, the cost of that you know being undone yeah uh, is more prohibitive than anything else. And so, right. And you guys, yeah, we're not a hundred percent sure. Uh, if you ask Allie, she's definitely in the camp of she wants a third. Um, I, on the other hand, am. Uh, I I think I would like a girl uh, in certain circumstances, but um, I also have just never had a desire to have more than two kids. Uh, for whatever reason, but um, part of it is I don't want a uh, middle child syndrome um, to be with one of our kids, but uh, that's just me being weird, uh, or to to some people anyways, it's me being weird, but um, I, I'm still kind of open to it. We've talked about adopting as well, um, something that we uh, would definitely consider since there are a lot of kids out there that um, need solid parents that are born into situations that aren't the best so uh, my heart definitely goes out to some of those kids and we'd like to try to maybe do something as best we can for at least one of them but that is something that we still need to work out and talk about a little more in depth and uh, one thing that we do know is with Xander we're not going to be even contemplating any other kid um, until Xander's about four or five um, the two-year gap between the two of them right now is nice, but I don't think we could handle a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and a newborn all in the house at the same time. So so we're going to wait a little while and, and then uh, reassess and see, but um, I'm sure if I have a third one, I'll learn more lessons then. And um, I don't think as a dad you ever stop learning. Even if your kids are grown and you're a grandpa now, you still 
uh, still learn lessons as to what being a dad means when they start coming to you for fathership advice and stuff like that, or fatherhood advice and stuff like that. So um, I'm looking forward to it. I love to learn. So anytime that I get to learn new lessons, it's good, even if they can be humbling sometimes. Yeah, no, definitely. All right. I think that's going to do it for us tonight as far as this show goes. We do still have one more to record uh, this evening. Uh, before we get out of here, though, I do want to uh, give a thank you to uh, a listener of ours, AZMT45 on uh, iTunes, left us a five-star review. Um, and we do appreciate your feedback. Uh, AZMT45 writes, I enjoyed the first episode, guys. Quick note about sound. It sounded like you guys are trying not to wake the kids, like they're in the room with you, LOL. Like you're both whispering or talking low. Uh, we do appreciate the feedback. Um, and I think uh, for us, at least the, the first episode, is a, it was a learning experience for us. Yeah, for um, sure. Hopefully, because I know that my voice carries and my office is not particularly soundproof. Um, so, like, we have, if, if I could show you guys, I would, but I have a sliding glass door, like, behind me. Jacob can probably see it in my, yeah. in my webcam. So, the, my, the sound does kind of reverberate and carry a little bit down the hall. So, um, my wife has told me that I am good to speak as loud as I need to. She cannot hear me. So, that's, good. that's positive. Um, yeah, I think, same thing on this side. I was, you know, Ezekiel's room is literally the wall right to my right. Um, and I can hear every little movement that he makes. So I know that he can hear me throughout the day or throughout the night. So I think we were just kind of feeling things out and uh, getting used to it. I feel like the second episode was quite a bit better. So, um, I'm relatively sure that that review was left by my cousin, uh, Matt, if that was you, let me know. Um, <laughs> and let me know if, uh, if the sound did get better in these next two episodes. Yeah. AZMT, thank you. Um, yeah, you know, doing this and our other podcast uh i have been doing the the editing on the audio so learning as i go with that um so hopefully we've gotten our audio issues uh, our audio levels a little bit better um thank you for the feedback we appreciate that if you are listening of course uh we do want to hear uh from you if you have questions uh or would like to um to get in touch with us you can you can reach us uh, on social media we are on twitter we are at dad ventures pod um you can also email either jacob or myself uh it's either jacob at dadventuresmedia.com or seth at dadventuresmedia.com um of course you know we are coming to you bi-weekly um across apple google play spotify pandora and a number of other platforms if we're not on your platform of choice please let us know and as always, be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share the podcast. Um, and we want to hear from everybody. And I should be getting a Facebook page made uh, hopefully this week for us. Awesome. Um, we talked about it back when we first started, but then I kind of dropped the ball on that. So we should have a Facebook page. For those of you that are on Facebook, you can go and like and um, follow that and be able to get in touch with us that way. I know Seth uh, isn't big on the Facebook, so if you're nope. contacting us through that, it'll <laughs> most likely be me, uh, but I will pass any words along to Seth, obviously. Um, so yeah, I think that'll about do it. Uh, next week, we're going to be talking about work-life balance, um, which should, or not next week, two weeks, sorry. Uh, we're going to be talking about work-life balance, which is a huge, huge topic for for all dads and trying to juggle, you know, what it means to be a wife and a father and a employee or 
employer in cases if you own your own business so there's just a lot of things and we all have hobbies that we like so so that'll be a fun episode to dig deep on on how we kind of juggle all that and how we keep our heads on straight and not go crazy yep i can't wait to to get back with that one so again thank you everyone for listening we will see you all again in two weeks you've been listening to the dad ventures podcast the bi-weekly podcast about our lives as dads all of our shows are recorded live from Albuquerque and Los Angeles, New Mexico, are written and produced by Seth Goodoff and Jacob Carroll, and are edited by Seth. Special thanks to Jeff2 on YouTube for the music you hear in every episode. All episodes are recorded and edited using CleanFeed and Audacity. All of our shows are proudly hosted on Pinecast.